What's up, guys? This is Miles Markowitz. And this is Brad Thomas. Here to give you the best sports insights to beat your book. You only need to ask one question. What's the spread? Ohio State has entered the chat room. Back in the fold. Back in the picture. Here's what happened, Brad. The Big Ten is back, baby. We are in college football. You know what happened? Kevin Warren? Listen to the podcast last week. He did. He was like, and he right, heard, the, need, he heard me. Big Ten back bad. <laughs> it's, okay, now it's getting serious. Now because top, I was the voice of the people. This is what I'm here for. What's crazy is now the top 25 won't look so weird. <laughs> exactly. Thank you. I can't, I, I'm still waiting for the updated playoff predictions. Uh, you know, obviously, we, we don't even have a schedule yet, but the important part is wearing my Buckeye jersey today to represent, wearing my Buckeye mask. Good luck. O-H-I-O. I mean, <laughs> unbelievable, man. It's just, there's, it's going to be a long road. Yeah, there's a lot of hurdles to get through, but every conference is going through that, and that's kind yeah, of yeah, that's what we were talking about last week. Is that everyone's going to have those hurdles in every sport? It's the world we're living in now, but they're going to give it a go, and I'm really excited about that. I'm excited for you, Miles. I uh, don't know how you would have made it through an entire football season had you guys not had football, because <laughs> I know I just put myself in your shoes. I'd be crying on the corner. Seriously, so. that's why it was going to be so difficult. But now we got the the Big Ten starting up in late October. We got the SEC firing up in the beginning of October. But how about our first full weekend of college football games. You know, I'm going to say, Brad, it was a lot more fun than I thought it would be. Yes. It, it, it was weird. It was like I was so down on the slate, right? I was, yeah. I was so down on the games. And then as soon as 12 o'clock rolls around, I'm like, oh, my God, it feels like college football. Dude, literally I had a look. I was like, man, these games suck. I'm going to go book a tea time at 1230. I'm literally in the car with my phone, get to the golf course on the golf cart. Set my phone up and watch college football. And then when commercial break would hit, just like if I were at home, I switched over to the next game. It was fantastic. Had some pretty good action. The yes. bets were tough. It was a tough day of betting. Yes, I would say the NFL went a lot better. Great call for for you. First upset call of the year. Washington football team. Oh, man. Man, it's crazy because I, I, you convinced me. So I, I ended up putting some money down on Washington money line, and they yeah. went down 17 nothing. I'm like... How are they down 17 nothing? They're actually playing well. Yeah, that D-line uh, accounted for like seven to nine sacks. How about Chase Young just coming out and making oh an immediate impact? I mean, the entire front yeah. seven on that team is really impressive. But uh, Brady's debut didn't go as planned. No, it didn't. Um, tough there. You got to think about like a couple of those routes, like that one route where he threw the pick six. Um, that's you know that's timing and, and understanding your 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 offensive player because it was a uh, too high safety look where he's supposed to split the safeties. Um, he sunk down because uh, there's no shallow coverage. But how is Brady supposed to know what Mike Evans is going to do without a preseason, without sure. all the multiple practices? Also, they played the Saints. Yeah, it's a whole new offense, and the Saints were a full step ahead, as they should have been. Yeah, like if you watch Brady that first drive, you were like, holy crap. Right. This is going to be a good team. I Like I said, I, I figured we were going to start slow. Exactly. We we're going to lose a couple games, gain momentum, make the playoffs, and then we'll be a scarier team yeah. when we have those. I still feel like, still feel, I still feel that way. I still feel like the Bucks are going to be a good yeah, team. Yeah, absolutely. All right, and then finally, Rams-Cowboys, great game, extremely controversial pass interference call oh, at the man. end. I feel like Dak and Gallup got robbed there, but hey, Rams come away with the victory. Yeah, really impressive. Uh, I, I was wondering how Rams would replace Todd Gurley, but like if you think about it last year, they didn't really need to replace Todd Gurley because they didn't use him that much. But right. Malcolm Brown, stand up. I thought he was going to get uh, his job replaced for by him, the rookie man. Cam Akers. And Cam Akers have won like 15 carries, only had like 30-something yards. Yeah. Malcolm Brown proved that, you know, you put in your time, put in the effort, you're going to be a good back in this league. And I'm going to tell you something. One more observation about the Rams because I'm always so impressed by Sean McVay. And nothing against Jared Goff because, I, because I'm not saying that he's not 
a good NFL quarterback. Yeah. But this offense under Sean McVay is such a system offense to me. Yeah. But it's a really play. efficient system offense. Yeah. Where if you're executing these plays, I just feel like every time that Goff dropped back, his first option was open every time. Yeah. Every single time, whether it was a screen, a rollout, yeah. a slant. It, it, so, you know, in that situation, all you have to do is just be a serviceable quarterback and not turn the ball over. Uh, and that's going to be a good offense. Agreed. All right, man. We have... Some really good college football games, actually, uh, this week, starting with our first top 25 matchup of the year. How about that? This is exciting. Miami and Louisville. This is actually going to be a really good game if anyone still hasn't taken a look at the games that we have on Saturday. This is Saturday Night Football, number 17 Miami, number 18 Louisville. Two teams that I think are actually primed to have a pretty good season. Yeah, two teams on the up and up in a revenge game for Louisville. Louisville got throttled last year in a game where uh, Jaron Williams, Miami's quarterback at the time, threw six touchdowns. Miles, I'm going to start with this game, my analysis of this game. I'll yeah, go, go ahead. On this one. Um, Miami, you know, you could tell that they had a new system. You could tell they had a new quarterback. But in that first half, well, actually in the first quarter, it looked like Miami was in trouble. 7-7 versus UAB. And then things started to change. And then they came out at halftime and things really started to change. If you take away the mental mistakes that Miami made this game that they won by almost 20 points would have probably been a 40-point game. One thing that I'm going to go ahead and take Miami here. Um, I just went ahead and took money line. You can't. It's hard to take two and a half points, so Very. I took it at plus one fifteen. Things that Miami lacked last year, they lacked the ability to move the chains and a consistency on offense. They still, I mean, they don't have that consistency on offense yet, but they have that creative ability from uh, Derek King to move the chains. Malik Cunningham on the other side of the ball needs to stop throwing interceptions. And I think this Miami team will be pulling out the turnover chain quite frequently. I know they they got embarrassed and they want to uh, revenge themselves, avenge their their ghost of Christmas past, but this Miami team has good defense, and now the one thing they were lacking is, is a better offense that has the ability to move the chains. Their defense held you to be at 205 yards through the air, 285 total. So I'm going with Miami here, and I'm just going to go ahead and take them as a dog. I like everything that I'm hearing here. Uh, I am also going with Miami. I actually was okay with how both of these teams looked last yes. week. I thought Louisville, in their first game, playing a good Western Kentucky, uh, historically a yeah, good yeah. Western Kentucky team. Uh, still covered the spread there. Miami also covered their spread. So I think both teams actually looked pretty good. I think this Cunningham versus Deary King quarterback battle is really interesting because I think Cunningham is coming into his own a little bit here as a quarterback. Yeah. 343 passing yards last week. passing yards. The only thing that knocks on me is just the miscues. Right. Uh, his, his passing percentage could have been a little bit better. Um, but man, he's taking steps. And, yep. and if, if, like I said, if you take care of the football and you can, you, can prove to be a gamer like like he is this Louisville team's scary but the difference for me on uh with Miami is that is the 337 rushing yards and in a matchup like this I am taking the rushing dominance over the passing dominance every any day of the week especially because I believe more in De'Ari King and his ability to make plays his ability to move the chains I actually like that you brought that up there it's it's kind of a piece in this Miami offense that they haven't had yeah like and I'm not saying that King is, is you know, uh, a Heisman contender here, but I'm saying he's an athlete who can find ways to move the chains. Yeah, there's the, like when they would get into those third and eights down in distance, and I don't think they were doing that with either the quarterback with uh, Perry or Williams last year, but King can pick it up with his legs and can pick it up with his arms, so you have to respect both. Yeah, and uh, as you mentioned last year, 52-27, to 27, it was a drubbing by Miami. Also, I was surprised to see that Miami was an underdog here, especially with no home crowd for Louisville. Louisville have, a, have limited fans. A little bit, right, right, yeah. right. But I'm saying, 
in a classic yeah, home yeah. crowd, I feel it'd like been, the, the line would be the a night little, game, be it, exactly right. So, uh, but yeah, I'm I'm also with you here. Uh, as I always say, if it's two and a half, that's a money line to me. So yeah. I'll take him two and a half, but I got I mean, no problem with the money one, line. Then, oh well. All right, what's next? next oh, what's my next? God, we have the UCF Knights, seven and a half point favorite at Georgia Tech. Yes, the ACC decided to let the the A American Conference get some big big games under the belt. Miles, everything says do not take UCF here. Georgia I know. Tech coming off the win. Georgia Tech stifling St- a stifling Florida, defense. Florida State, but I'm going with UCF here. I'm buying the hook to seven. Dylan Gabriel's back here, and Dylan Gabriel for UCF impressed me so much. As a fan, as a UCF alumni, I was harder on him than I should have been. And then I went back and I looked at his stat line with three thousand over 3,600 yards, 29 touchdowns, and 7 interceptions. I think that I was too hard on him because to me it felt like he was throwing an interception every time, I, every time he dropped back. They lose Gabe Davis. They lose Adrian Killens, but Otis Anderson's back. This defense is back. Miles, I was not impressed by Jeff Simpson from from Georgia Tech. I wasn't either. I mean, he he threw two costly interceptions. Yes. I feel it should have been more. He should have thrown three or four interceptions in that game. I mean, there were there, there was a pick six that was completely dropped. He did have over sixty yards on the ground, yes. which I liked to see because it kept Florida State off balance. But keep in mind, like I said on the podcast last week, Florida State had no idea who was starting a quarterback, no. and Georgia Tech had four options. Yes. so they had an idea, but. They they actually didn't know who was going to get the ball. Now UCF has some film. Listen, everyone seems to be on Georgia Tech here because of their impressive win over Florida State. But I'm going to tell you something right now, Brad. Florida State looked like Florida State last week. Yeah, they did. They looked horrible. Florida State looked good for one period. one Before the delay. Yeah. Before the lightning delay. Yeah. I was like, oh, okay. Wow, Here's Florida James Blackman. State. Three for three. Blackman. It goes turnovers. up seven nothing. I mean. Oh, my God. Right. It, it, it seemed. I mean, Florida State should have won that game. Yeah. Also. I don't think that's any indication to how talented Georgia Tech is. Yes. We're talking about UCF, who was way better than the record indicated last Absolutely. year. Absolutely. Way better. Two at that. It's not like they were a 500 it, team. Exactly. Yeah, like, it fe- but how about this? It felt like a disappointment. Yes, it did. Right? As UCF it, fans, as you said, yeah. it felt like a disappointment. Absolutely. Which I think coming into this year, really excited that, that they're starting earlier than you know Bama, starting earlier than Ohio State. Love to watch UCF here. Dylan Gabriel coming into his second year. They still got some playmakers. Yes. Um, Trey Nixon's still coming Trey back. Trey Nixon, totally forgot to mention him. Greg McRae still in the backfield. I mean, there's still guys that I'm really excited to see. They averaged 541 total yards last year, second in the FBS, quietly, it seemed like. So tell me how. For all of you Georgia Tech betters, how is Georgia Tech going to keep up offensively with UCF and with Jeff Sims of all people oh I mean he's not going to keep up with Gabriel are you no. kidding me UCF is a team that we've been talking about uh in this COVID era where you're either coming in with consistency from years past yeah or you're coming in with trying to set a pace yes like Tom Brady yeah trying to send it but then you got programs like UCF who are just rolling yeah and Georgia Tech is coming off a big win against Florida State for them it's a big win for them but I just think that UCF is on a whole nother level. A whole nother level. So I, I'm all over minus huge seven and a half here. Huge letdown spot uh, uh, it, for Georgia Tech here. This is, this has huge letdown spot yeah. written all over it. And they're not even the favorite. Right. But people are betting them like they're the favorite. I think UCF beats them something around the, in the market of 42 to 28 here. I am all over that score. Uh, Georgia Tech also, they were 8 for 16 on third down conversions Yeah. Uh, last week. And I just don't see that happening again here. No. I, I don't see them replicating that success. I don't see Dylan Gabriel making them. Like, it wasn't like the Georgia Tech defense. 
they played well, but it's not like they were the cause of all the, the mistakes. It was a lot of miscues on Florida State's side. And when UCF does win and they do cover the spread, get ready for all of Night Nation to come out and say, yes. well, I think we have proof that uh, we're uh, over Florida State at this point. And honestly, Brad, I cannot disagree. I can't either. That the UCF program is looking better than the Florida State yes. program as it stands right now. This this is more than just a game to to UCF. This is bragging rights for the state, but this is also you have to remember that these guys want to play with the best talent. Oh, this is also right. a little recruiting trip for them. Absolutely. Why would you go to Florida State when you can play at UCF and play for a conference, a team that's going to win games and have fun? Yep. And that's one of those programs like, you know, like I was talking about Minnesota, who like they're they're needing that consistency. They need to play this year because they got something going. Can't wait to see what UCF does this year. First game of the year. Let's go. All right. Next up, we have another team I'm really excited to watch uh, and a team that you and I were talking about uh, in the offseason. We got Tulsa in number 11, Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State opened around 20 and a half point favorites. But right now the line is sitting right around 23 and a half points. I'll go ahead and start here. I like Oklahoma State a lot here for for the obvious reasons, like Chubba Hubbard. Yes. Um, but also for the not-so-obvious reasons, whereas I hope that Spencer Sanders can come into his zone, but they yes. do have some options at quarterback if Sanders isn't ready to throw the football just yet. But we know that Sanders can get it done with his legs. This is a big spread, especially for a game. And I'm just going to pull up the box score from last year because this is some really recent stats here. Cowboys beat Tulsa last year 40-21, to so they beat him by 19. At halftime... Tulsa was winning the game 21-20, and then Oklahoma State ran away with it. So here's where I'm at for this game. And also, that was on the road. I think Oklahoma State is a much better team this year. I think Oklahoma State can can actually compete for the Big 12 championship this year. I cannot, in any good faith, tell anybody to take Tulsa with the points, even though last week I did the same thing because there was so many points with Syracuse, but North Carolina covered. Yes. So I'm going to go with Oklahoma State here. Minus 23 and a half. Where are you at here? I'm going to Oklahoma State as well and a couple reasons here I think this is going to be another halftime overpowering there were a lot of miscues in that game last season that kind of led to Tulsa being ahead Tulsa is a team that is horrible against the run allowed 185 rush yards per game and you have two players on that offense who will be starting who will be looking to run the ball and move the ball down the field another thing here like I was thinking about the big 12 and like how bad of a week they had last week right like oh it was bad this is a good spot for the Big 12 because you have nine returning offensive players on this um, Oklahoma State team. But then you have a defense that allowed 31 points per game. They're losing their top 10 defensive players. They're losing everyone. So does it's that like tell you? all their leading tacklers yeah. are gone. Does that tell you they're going to take a step forward, a step back? My eyes, I think this is a great, great, great spot for Oklahoma State here because you, you don't need the spring practice with a team like this. They have played together. Just give it to Chubba. You give it to Chubba. Let him go. If Spencer, if if Sanders can't find the open receiver, let him pick it up with his legs. I think Hubbard has a big, massive game where he is automatically put to the very top of the Heisman contender list. Breakout game. And, and it's a shame to call it a breakout game because he doesn't need that. Mm-hmm. But this is a great spot, a terrible team against the run. When you give me a running team who likes to score points and against a team who gives away a bunch of points, it's going to be kind of one of those situations where it's going to be in the 40s to maybe the 19s. And then if it gets egregious and, and horrible defense, Oklahoma State has no problem running up the score. Right. And just to reiterate the point here for Tulsa, lo- losing all of their leading tacklers, as you said, over 30 points per game given up, yes. 185 rushing yards given up. 
could very well be facing the best running back in the nation outside yes. of Travis Etienne um, here. So this is also a bet where I am comfortable with the 23 and a half, even 24, but I am all over Oklahoma State first half here because I yeah. think they control the game from the get-go. Much like Clemson last week. Much like Clemson last week, which I'm glad you brought that up because we did mention that yes. where Trevor Lawrence didn't play the entire second half. Yep. So, and this is a season where teams are going to do that. They're going to pull their stars. Yeah. So if Oklahoma State's up by 24 at the half, they're not playing their starters in the second half. No chance. So this is a spot where uh, definitely going with the Oklahoma State spread, but whatever the first half spread is, I'm taking that. Absolutely. All right. What's next? Next we have, oh my God, Battle for Texas. We have the Houston, Houston, excuse me, Houston Cougars going to visit the Baylor Bears. Uh, Baylor Bears are four and a half point favorite here. The Bears are losing Matt Rule, but guess what? They get to retool, reload with Dave Aranda, Dave Aranda. LSU's defensive coordinator. Charlie Brewer is coming back for the Baylor Bears, but guess what, guys? I'm going to go ahead and take Houston. This is a spot where I don't like calling them traps, um, but when you start to go to college football and you see that four and a half, Vegas sets that with a little bit of uncertainty. I think that Dana Holgerson, another year with this Houston team, knows who its quarterback is from the get-go, makes this game a lot closer than people think. And one thing that you, you have to remember, like, sure, Dave Aranda is great defensive coordinator, but how much of that was him last year, you know? Like, was it all his game planning, his masterminding, or was it a lot of it talent? He is taking, and this is no knock on Baylor, because I think Baylor is a phenomenal program, has star-studded uh, a roster, but you have to look at this LSU defense who – has what three, four starters in the NFL that played that was playing as rookie in the NFL this year? Baylor's not gonna have that. And Dave Rand is not gonna have Joe Burrow moving the sticks so his defense can relax. Charlie Brewer proved he's good, but I'm taking Clayton Toon and uh Daniel Holgerson year two, four and a half. This really is an, an interesting line, right? Yes. At, at four and a half. I, I'm going to go ahead and take Baylor here, minus four and a half. And I think that there are uh, good points to make on both sides, right? So so you mentioned Dave Aranda, all right? He's coming in first year. Uh, this is a great example of what we've been talking about. We have no prior history for this Baylor team. Yeah. Uh, as far as what it looks like with Dave Aranda, they lost basically their entire defense. They do return Charlie Brewer, who I'm really confident in. Houston, on the other hand, basically shut their 2019 season down. Yes. Finished five and seven. Uh, King leaves the program, but Holgerson is a great coach. Yeah. And, 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 and he had some time there. I got pulled up here the last four games that Houston played to end the year last year. And granted, they were against, uh, these three games were against ranked opponents, but they gave up 44 points to UCF, 45 to Memphis, and 56 points to Navy. So with the four and a half line, I'm feeling like. Baylor can't compete with them in any kind of game this is going to be, whether it's a defensive battle or whether it's a high-scoring affair. And I also think that on either side of the ball, I think this is going to be a close game. I really don't think that any that any team can run away with it here, especially with no prior knowledge coming from spring practice. Uh, and a lot of unknowns here, especially with Baylor. Uh, Rule really had them on the up and up. Yes, I mean, he did. We were on, we were on the Matt Rule yeah, train we were. for years yes. uh, for Baylor. Uh, and, you know, he, he goes to Carolina here, but... Um, man, I'm just, this was one of those games where, uh, I saw it and I was like, oh, on Fox, Houston and Baylor, 12 o'clock. It's actually a hell of a matchup here. Yeah. For me, like, and, and again, this is a sole play on 
Daniel Holgerson, year two, and the coaching turnover for Baylor. If Baylor were that, you know, that dominant Houston's defense that bad, why do we not have a seven and a half point line here spread? Houston historically gets blown out by good teams. Well, especially with Baylor winning eleven games last year, yeah, eleven and three, and eight and one in the Big Twelve, yeah, one win away from a playoff berth. Yes, but that's how quickly things can change when you have a year like Baylor did, uh, really a two years, but it was a turnaround, yeah, uh, from the one and eleven team that we saw a couple years ago. But we don't know where they're at now. I was gonna pull out this ridiculous stat that I found. I'm not even gonna say it because the numbers are just so stupid. Because I don't think it affects that much, but. First year starting head coaches, game one, week one, very rarely cover. The and, number is so ridiculous. And that's even with, you know, practice. Yeah. And, and this, you know, so with, give me the four and a half points. I wish I wish it was seven. And then I'd be like, all right, cool. I'll take it a little bit more confidently. But I'm taking Houston here. I want to see what Holgerson does. Listen, and better for him, he doesn't need to have his son starting at quarterback because his son is awful. Sorry, baby Holgerson. We'll see how uh, – their their offense looks, yeah. um, especially without look down the but but they were scoring points at you know in the end of 2019. All right, so we'll go head to head on that one. I know we're gonna go head to head on the next one. Let's go ahead and pick a dog. We didn't do it last weekend. There really wasn't anything there, but we're picking one underdog of the week here. Oh, in dang. college football, who you got? I'm going with the Navy Midshipmen versus Tulane. Listen, BYU cleaned them up. Tune-up game for Bad. BYU. BYU didn't even have to get off the bus. They could have sent their second string out there. But good news for Navy is Tulane is awful against the run and awful against Navy. Navy is 4-1 four and, four and one against the spread in their last five. Listen to this. Verse Tulane. In their last six games, they're 5-1 and one straight up, and I think the number is closer to like uh, five and three against the spread versus Tulane. I think Tulane has a good thing going. Um, but when you are a bad rushing defense, you are playing against a team who only runs the ball. Where does it stop? Like, where do you? How do you win this game? You outscore them, okay, sure. But you make one mistake, you make two mistakes against a team that runs the ball predominantly well. You're limiting your possessions. Great minds think alike. I'm also taking Navy here. I loved this line for a lot of reasons. Really like that you broke it down there with the against the spread numbers, but I think this is a huge overreaction yes. to what we saw in week one. Absolutely. I mean, I think Navy's going to come out here with a lot of pride. I think they win this game. Yes. And I think when you look across the spreads that we have on Saturday, obviously there's not a lot, there's not as much to choose from as there normally would be, but this is the standout dog for me. Yep. Absolutely. I looked at I looked at the spreads. Bounce and I was back. Like, why would we not lay this? Lay, I'm laying the seven, and I'm taking the money line. Um, take the money line for half of what I lay on the spread. So that is our official What's the Spread Super Dog of the Week. Let's go. Take the Navy money line. All right, man, let's go to the NFL games. Uh, we got a big one here to lead off. What we got? Uh, first game we got, we got the New England Patriots at the Seattle Seahawks. Seattle Seahawks It's the nighttime game, four-point favorite. We have the Super Cam Patriots. Miles, I am all over the Seattle Seahawks. Despite the fact that they allowed over 500 yards their defense 
can turn the ball over and they have players and playmakers once again. Let them play together a little bit more. I'm talking about Quandre Diggs and Jamal Adams. Let them play together a little bit more. I think we'll start to get a little bit close to the Legion of Boom Jr. But also, you have a gamer in Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson, man, threw for four touchdowns. He was running all across the field and he wasn't running for his life. He was running to move the chains, which is a big difference. Isn't it cool to see Russell Wilson just He's playing at the top of his game. And with guys in the league like Mahomes yeah. coming in, Lamar Jackson, everyone seems to forget about Russell Wilson. But, oh, my God. One of the most underrated. He had one of the most efficient games of his career. Over 300 yards, four touchdowns, 31 to 35. I mean, he was slanging it last week. Yep. Um, you know the defense is going to get it together. And if you listen to this podcast, you know we never pick against Seattle at home, in prime time. I don't care how many fans are in Correct. the stands. The against the spread trends are absolutely ridiculous. There were a lot that I was looking for, but I'll just give one. Since 2010, primetime home games, 11-3-1 against the spread. The numbers are even better for their home night games, home night games as favorites. I mean, it's, bro, Seahawks minus four here. And on the other side, we don't know what we have with the Patriots yet. Cameron only threw for 155 well, yards. Exactly. Zero touchdowns. Thank you. Everyone's like, well, here we go. Uh, Newton and Belichick. Like, let's slow down a minute, guys. They face the Dolphins. You cannot tell me anything about this new Patriots regime with a game against the Dolphins. I found out more about Brady and the Bucks against yes. the Saints than I did uh, uh, than Newton against the Dolphins. Yep. There's no doubt that Newton gives them uh, a uh, factor in this offense that they haven't had. That's obvious. He had uh, more rushing yards than I think Brady had in the last two seasons combined. I mean, just... Newton had more rushing yards in than one both game. of his running backs combined. Right. So, <laughs> you know, what kind of game plan was that? You know, they there was... It was a pound the rock. It was a control the clock. But I'm going to tell you, Seattle's going to feast on that game yes. plan. Russell Wilson's going to come out here balling. New England gets... Gets behind early and they cannot recover. We're gonna see. We're gonna see what Cam Newton's gonna feel. What Brady felt, right? Getting behind with no receivers, exactly. And for the first time, New England does not have anybody built in that offense to come from behind. Yeah, I think this is gonna be the first time that we're gonna see that. I think Seattle's gonna come out here and eventually in this game, maybe not right off the bat, but they're gonna get out to that two score lead, yep. 10, 14 points. And I think Newton's not gonna have an answer. All right, we got Baltimore Ravens minus seven. At the Houston Texans, this is a 4.25 p.m. Eastern Time game. I'll go ahead and start with this one. I am done for now defending Houston against the spread. I'm over it. I'm done. I'm out. Deshaun Watson, I think, is an elite-level quarterback, but I am finally going to admit that he doesn't have the team around him to compete right now, especially with a team that is rolling, absolutely rolling, like the Ravens and Lamar Jackson. 10-2 and against the spread in their last 12 games, and I am fine taking against the spread trends with a team like the Ravens from last season. Yes. Because right now, not only do they have the same team, but they have weapons. They got better. Better weapon. We haven't even seen what this offense is going to look oh like. My when God. they get Mark, I mean, Mark Andrews is rolling, but you got Hollywood Brown. I know that J.K. Dobbins had a really good first game, but folks, we haven't even seen what J.K. Dobbins can do no. yet when you, when you completely unleash him. It's crazy that I talked about this last week in the podcast. They now have those two backs. Yeah. True two backs. Right. Like what I said, you saw the JK Dobbins touchdowns. I said that Mark Ingram's not gonna doesn't need to be that guy. Mark Ingram just needs to go out there, get his 12 carries, his 15 carries. He doesn't need to take too much damage. Just go ahead and pick up the four or five easy yards. Let JK Dobbins pound it in. That's exactly what they did. Baltimore has a top five defense. You're telling me, so this is the note I wrote down here. 
where does Houston find their offense? It does not come this week. They struggled against the Chiefs. The yeah. Chiefs got better on defense, but they are no Baltimore Ravens. Another problem with the Houston Texans, they're going to be one-dimensional this year. They rush for 160-something rush yards. That's going to be their game. I do not think this is going to be a high-flying, high-powered offense. Like, you look at Hopkins. He was missed. And you know you saw him go oh, right to Arizona and had a monster game because right. that's the kind of receiver he is. Will Fuller's not the receiver. Brandon Cooks is not that receiver. Kiki Kuti, if he's even on the team, is not that receiver. I can name off every receiver on their team and say he's not that receiver. Their offense has no identity. Their defense, it's okay. I mean, J.J. Watt looks healthy. But outside of J.J. Watt, who's going to slow down yeah. this offense? And Aboya, whatever his name, got hurt. 41-7 to was the score in this game last year. 41-7, to the Ravens won. And that was with Gus Edwards for the Ravens getting over 100 yards on the ground. Yeah. I mean, this this is scary, man. I am all over this seven-point spread. Me too. And I'm surprised it's not more. Yes. I'm surprised we're not looking at a nine, nine-and-a-half-point spread. And that's probably only because the Ravens are on the road. But as you mentioned, the Texans looking so abysmal against the Chiefs, especially in the beginning of the game. I mean, the Chiefs completely shut them down. The Texans got all of their points except yep. the first touchdown in garbage time. Yeah. That's completely concerning. And with the team as hot as the Ravens and... So impressed with Lamar Jackson, how good he looked uh, in week one. So I'm on the Lamar train. All right, what we got next? Next up, we have the Jacksonville Jaguars traveling to Tennessee to take on the Titans, where the Titans are a nine-point favorite. I am going to go ahead and take the points with Jacksonville. People are crazy for betting on the Jags, but I think that Minshew knows. Minshew knows that if he doesn't perform he will be out of here. Minshew only threw for 175 yards, but he did throw an efficient 175 yards and three touchdowns. Give me the points. I think the Titans absolutely win this game, but I think it's going to be like a four to seven point victory. I wanted to take the points with the Jags, but uh, taking the points with the Browns last week bit me in the asshole. So I'm going with the Titans here at minus nine. This was an interesting line, Brad. Yeah. Because it started at 11. Yes. Now it's down to nine. Um, I think there's a little bit of an overreaction here with the Jags in that big upset week one win. Maybe they are for real. Minshew looked great. There was no doubt about it. I think the kid was, what, 19 to 20? Yeah. Um, big upset win, but I don't think the Colts are going to be that good this year, honestly. I think Rivers looked really bad. They lost Marlon Mack. Uh, I think maybe once they get Taylor going, that uh, I think that can really add something to the offense. I mean, Hines had a great game, yeah, by he the did. way, for the Colts. Wow. So, uh, you know. Fantasy owners for Hines. Taylor's going to have to wait. Whoa, whoa, Hines, slow down. (laughs) Man, that kid balled. But anyway, going back to the Jags game, I mean, that's that's really where this is coming from. The Titans, I think, looked a lot better than the score indicated. uh, Yes, that is true. On Monday night, and Derrick Henry, when you can give your running back 31 carries in a game, you are completely controlling the clock. I mean... Tannehill is a lot more accurate. So I think this is, this is a, a game where the Titans can flex their muscles a little bit in the NFC South. So uh, we're going to go head-to-head on that one. All right, let's go ahead and wrap this thing up, man. The 49ers at the New York Jets. The Niners are seven-point favorites. Who you got? Both of these teams want a redo of the season. Both teams got Already? embarrassed. <laughs> um, but I'm going to go ahead with the defense of the 49ers here. Um, seven points is hard to lay, um, especially on the road. But I think Garoppolo, and especially if you think of a DFS standpoint, I think Garoppolo has a good chance to have a bounce-back game here. Jets have nothing on defense. That's clear. Um, They played the inconsistent Josh Allen. Another overreaction is Josh Allen played amazing. No. The Jets' defense is awful. Sam Darnold looked okay at best. Le'Veon Bell's hurt, so they have no identity. They... 
they have no identity on offense, no identity on defense. This is going to be another bad game for the Jets. The Jets this season will be lucky to win five games. Do not be fooled by the 49ers losing to the Arizona Cardinals last week because the Cardinals are going to be good. Cardinals for real. I told you Kyler Murray is my dark horse. Kyler Murray is a baller. They had, I mean, and honestly, I think that that was a game where it was just two talented teams going at it. I think the style of Arizona, their um, offensive attack and, you know, the defense of the 49ers, that created that great game. And the Cardinals got them, but I think we'll see a different, you know, Result once we get some different game plans. Anyway, we should get Tevin Coleman too because uh, it, he doesn't have to worry about the elements in the air. Yeah, so that's good. Yeah, uh, Niners minus seven all over it. I, I, I don't see in what universe you could feel comfortable taking the Jets. They were horrible. Yeah, awful. I mean, just horrible. There is nothing to be said about the Jets that's positive. Nothing, not one thing right now. And, and as you said, Bell's out. Uh, Crowder might not play. Darnold's lost. I mean, this kid is in what. Year three, right? Year three. I, I mean, where is the improvement? Uh, but we knew that coming out of college. Yeah, I, right. Um, but wow, just I'm way more confident in what I saw with the Niners because I think that was actually one of the better games of week one Yes, last week than what I saw with the Jets. The Niners got beat. They didn't beat themselves, which was a right. big thing that happened to the right. Jets. I think this is going to be a... I mean, did, did you see that interception that Darnold threw last week? I, I mean, <sighs> he's just he's making throws that I can make. Dude, I mean, it's he's horrible. Just guessing, yeah, it's horrible. Misreads in and I think throws, the Niners are going to feast confidence. on that. Yes. Um, I think there's going to be a couple turnovers in this game, maybe even a defensive touchdown. They're going to control the. They're going to be the Niners, control the game on the ground. Garoppolo is going to have a better game. All over the Niners minus seven. I'm taking all the favorites this week in the NFL. I, you know, these some of these matchups, man, like the Niners over the Jets, yeah, and the Ravens uh, over the Texans. I'm surprised it's only seven points. Yeah, I'm taking those. It's going to be like, I think the, these two games are going to be a lot like the um, the early starts where the team just goes up by double digits and the other team can't recover. And our covers yeah. our covers are sitting here. We're like, this is great. Yeah. Keep pounding it on. I think the other two games are a little tougher. I think the Jags-Titans could go either way. I think that uh, we do have the against the spread trends to back up the Seahawks. Yep. But, I mean, you never know with Belichick. Yeah. You, you, you just absolutely never know. But I, I, I'm really confident in those seven-point spreads. Um Little uh, feeling a little better about the college games th- this week too. Now that we got a, uh, a week to play around yeah, a little bit, absolutely. Uh, but I'm gonna tell you right now, man, it's it's really starting to feel like football season. Yes, uh, and this is true. Uh, like I said it on the podcast last week, teams with shorter springs, less practices, have done worse, and it's happened every game. So I'm glad we're getting past that. Uh, teams are starting to even out a little bit more. Guys, thank you so much for listening to What's the Spread. Be sure to download our podcast on YouTube. Uh, Stitcher, iTunes. Drop a comment, subscribe, rate us. Uh, Good luck with your bets today, and I hope you guys all win some money.